This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. This series is coming to a a close. I have had an amazing time uh, over the last year or so in some of our series, the Romans 8 series we did. Just had a blast with it. Supernatural, learned so much. We've been having a great time on Wednesday night in our You Asked For It. But this All In series, I've got to tell you, it's been all up in my business. It's messed with me. You know, a few years ago, we were given an award as a church to be listed as one of the top three uh, healthiest churches to attend. That's not talking about physical health, but it was emotional health and, and as a church. And, and I have to say that was one of the worst things that could have ever happened to our church. What I mean by that is uh, it made me notice the areas that were unhealthy. And as I began to notice them, I was like, glad they didn't see that. Glad they didn't see that. And it really drew my attention to the areas that need to be fixed, and we've been working on those as hard as we can. Well, this series has done the same thing. As I've been preaching to you these all-in messages, remember we started with this whole uh, series with, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and, and we, what part of all don't we get because He wants all of us? And we worked our way through Noah building an ark in the middle of a desert because he was following, uh, sold out all the way to God's voice and in, that he had spoken to him for his life. And, and then we, we went to Abraham who, who literally had to take his son and put him on an altar to show God that, that God was more precious to him than this, this gift that God had given him. Then last week we were uh, with Elisha who, who left it all and burned the bridge to his past so he could go forward with Jesus or with Elijah, but to follow the path of God. You know, I thought about all of these different things that we've studied, and we're going to come around in just a moment where I want to bring you a message called Now You're Talking, and we're going to end up in Matthew chapter number 26 in just a moment, but we've come through all these stories, and and what it showed me is the areas of my life that, that I don't feel like I'm really as all in as I need to be. It showed me those areas I need to work on. It showed me those areas I need to fix. It, it showed me those areas that, that need to improve. And so as God's been dealing with my heart in this, here's what I've learned. And I want to just tell you what I personally have picked up. It's not been in the sermon uh, prep time, but I personally have picked this up, that, that all-in living is an everyday decision. It's an everyday decision. And so I want you to, to catch that today, that, that you're going to have to begin to make those decisions every day in your life. Now, with that understand, let me, let me just ask you this morning, have, have you ever met someone and the moment they start talking, I mean, just the moment they start talking, you realize we're not going to click? Yeah, yeah. I've got some, some friends that wanted me to meet their friend. And, you know, they, 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 you're their friend and they're their friend, so they want you to get along. But the moment that you get together, you realize, you're like, you want to ask your friend, how can you be friends with this person? Because nothing about them rubs you the right way. Nothing about them speaks to who you are. But then there are those moments that you meet someone, and the moment that you meet them, that it just, just instantly, you just, it just makes sense. You kind of connect. 
I had a friend in here. The moment I met him, I was like, I hope that someday we get the opportunity to, to work together because instantly there was just a connection there. There was just a, just, just a moment there. And, and, and so once you, you feel that, you know, it's, it's sort of, I didn't share this story in any of the other uh, services. It's sort of like Pastor Danny and, and, and Arlene. Uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this story, but when we were looking to hire a youth pastor back almost 20 years ago now, uh, we, we searched for almost two years to find the right candidate. And, and finally, I, I found somebody and I, I, I thought, okay, they're the ones. And so I made them an offer and they accepted the job. I was so excited, so excited. And then I got this phone call and there, there was this young man that I had tried to meet and he'd been playing softball all over the Midwest. And they said, he's finally done playing softball and he wants to meet you now. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I've already hired somebody. And they said, well, look, look, he's come all the way into Georgia to meet you. So will you just meet him? And I said, okay, well, I'll meet him. And I walked in and I met Danny and Arlene Morris. And 20 years ago, it, we, you know, we'd just gotten cell phones, and you only used your cell phone in a dire emergency. You remember those days? Yeah. And so I go out, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. I go out of the meeting, and I pick up my, my phone. I dial my, my home extension, and my wife answers the phone, and hello. And I say, honey, we got a problem. She said, what, what's wrong? I said, I just met our new youth pastors. She said, you hired somebody else. I said, the moment I met them, I knew these were the ones for our church. And, of course, that other couple wasn't too happy when I changed course. But they ended up in a great situation. We made sure they were. But what happened to that moment was we instantly spoke the same language. Now, when you meet somebody who speaks the same language as you, you can get on board with it. And here's an old Southern phrase in case you don't. They'll say something and you're like, now you're talking. Some of you are going to understand that today right after service. Because you're going to be in a group and people are going to say, well, what do you want for lunch? And somebody's going to give that age-old proverbial wisdom. They're going to say, well, I don't care. Somebody else is going to be really deep. They're going to say, well, I don't know. And then you're going to make a suggestion. They're going to go, no, not that. And then somebody's going to hit on just the right thing. And you're going to be like, now you're talking. I can get on board with that because now you're speaking my language. Well, I want you to understand something about God today. God speaks the language of all in. That's the language he understands. That's the language God gets. Now look, when you start acquiring a different language, a second language, it's not easy. I'm looking at a friend who tried to help me stumble through getting a second language. And it wasn't fun. And it's still horrible. But here's what I've learned when I try to use that second language, that the people who speak it naturally don't really understand me. But their kids get it all. Why? Because they're thinking the same way that I'm thinking. Well, it's that way with God. Sometimes we don't speak the same language as God because we're still trying to learn it. But God speaks this language of all in because God is really, really particular about not being halfway in and halfway out. God, God said, look, you're either hot or you're cold. You're not in the middle. You've made up your mind. You've made your decision because the reason that God speaks all in, the reason I know this and I can say it definitively, because Jesus, when he came, he didn't come halfway. Jesus came all the way for us and he knew he would go all the way to the cross. And when you've got to understand to speak the language of God, you've got to begin to speak and understand that it's not about what you're doing. It's about what Jesus has already done. 
And we end up in this bad place because we're trying to talk to God. And but God, I'll be this and God, I'll be that. And God's like, look, I will help you become who you need to be. What you need to focus on is who Jesus was and what Jesus did. Amen. You know, it's sort of like religion. Do you know why you spell religion? No, no spelling bees here, but this is how you spell religion. D-O. Do. Religion is spelled, you must do this, and you must do this, and you must do this. That's not, listen to me carefully, that's not the way that you spell Christianity. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. You get your focus on what Jesus has already accomplished. You get your focus on what Jesus has already done. And as you get your focus on what Jesus has already accomplished and Jesus has already done, everything begins to change. And then you begin to speak the right language. You begin to get in the path of God as you begin to speak all in. And here's what. We all want to be in God's will for our lives. I want to tell you that I dare to believe that God's will begins to get on board with your life when you get on board with a desire to be all in for God. And I want to show you an example of that from the Scripture. This chapter, Matthew 26, just, it just kind of rocked my world this week because as God has been working in me, showing all my inadequacies, it, it, it just literally showing me all the places I'm not all in. It, this chapter has helped me so much because in Matthew 26, we have an example of somebody who's all in, then we have an example of somebody who's all out, and then we have an example of somebody who's all in and some people that are trying to be in. And I want to show that to you right quick. Let's look at Matthew 26, verse number 6. That's where we'll begin. It says this, While Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar. Now, not the last time, but the time before I was in Israel, I came back with one of these because I wanted this in my home as an example when I, I can think about when I read this passage. It's, it's a stone, a white kind of stone that has different marbling through that, and this alabaster jar that was filled with a very expensive perfume. For it to maintain its value, it had to be sealed with wax, and, and she comes in with, this, with this, this truly great treasure. And when she gets in, to everyone's amazement, she tears it open, which totally, sort of like driving a car off the lot. The moment you do, the value changes. The moment she opens it, the value changes. Let me just say this. Some of you need to allow God to release some things out of your life that need to change. And so she unleashes this worship, and the moment she does, everybody kind of catches their breath. What has she done? You know, it's sort of like, and I'm, this wasn't in my earlier message, but it's sort of like you spend all that money on China and then you dare your children not to touch it. <laughs> you never eat on it. You never use it because that somehow might replenish the value. But she comes in and she tears this open and, and as she tears it open, all of a sudden she begins to pour it. The Bible says she pours it out upon Jesus' head. And, 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 and I want you to know that when she goes with it, this is all in worship. This is as all in as you can get. She says it doesn't matter what it costs, Jesus deserves this. And the moment she goes all in with Jesus, watch what happens. I mean, you would think that everybody in the room would just break out in, in revival, in worship. But here's what happens. The moment she goes all in, all of a sudden the disciples saw this and they were upset because all in worship will reveal where you are in your heart and they say this why this waste because they're trying to justify themselves against this why this waste and watch this said this perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given 
to the poor. Wow. Why this waste? And Jesus goes on to say, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? Why, why are you complaining? She has done a beautiful thing to me. I want you to notice this. Notice this. He says, the poor you will have with you always, but you will not have me with you always. And then he makes it clear. He says, when she poured this perfume, watch this, on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I just, I love the fact that what I said to you a moment ago that says, when you go all in for Jesus, God gets on board with your will because your will begins to get on board with his will. And, and you know what? God didn't tell her to go get that perfume. But when she went and got the perfume, it was her honest desire to serve God with all of her heart. And all of a sudden, God began to interact with that and he made it fulfill prophecy. And watch what happens in verse number 13. I love this verse because right now this prophecy is being fulfilled. Jesus said, truly I tell you, wherever some, some, some big mouth preacher preaches the gospel throughout the whole world, what she has done will be told because she went all in. She didn't hold back. What a beautiful, beautiful picture there. And that's what Jesus is looking for with us because that's the language he understands. He understands the language of all in. He's like, look, I don't get holding back. I get either pursuing me or not pursuing me. I get those things because I'm all in. And what's the result? I had never seen this. What's the result of this woman going all in? She's remembered and all these things. But you know what happens in the very next verse? The very next verse of this passage blows my mind. The Bible says, then... Verse number 14, then one of the 12, she goes all in and her all inness upsets his all outness. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for his moment to turn him over. Wow. So what do, we, what do we have in this passage? All in woman of worship. And now Judas says, enough. I'm all out. I'm done. I'm through. Can I tell you something? All in doesn't have a cap. All in doesn't jump ship. All in doesn't have a limit that I'm willing to go this far and then I can give you no more. All in is all in all the time. All in walks away from all else. And so what we find here in this moment is this, this man who says, you know what? I can't put up with this anymore because you think, all right, well, he would have got on board and said, we can use this for this and we can use this for this. But there he is talking about dying again. He said, enough. I can't take it anymore. He reaches his boiling limit. And you go, well, that, that's just a shame. But of course, we're talking about Judas. And the name Judas Iscariot, Iscariot actually means locksmith. And he most likely was a locksmith because his job was to control things and lock them up. And he's like, I'm going to control this moment. And I'm tired of waiting. I'm done. I'm taking back my life. And, and, he, and he's all out all of a sudden. Now, here's something you need to understand about Judas. Judas had performed miracles in the name of Christ. Judas had done amazing things in the name of Jesus. But suddenly, he's reached the end of his line. And he says, I can go no further. Now, pastor, we would never do that. I've watched that my whole life, and I've been in danger of that my whole life. People reaching that place are like, you know what? I can forgive up to a limit, but then I can't forgive anymore. 
I can love up to a limit, but, but then I can't love anymore. And there's a limit on, on how far you'll follow. There's a limit on what you'll do. There's a limit on where you'll go. And, you know, it's even that way in your relationships. And I didn't know why I, this story came back to my mind. I've shared it before, but, but this story came back to my mind today because, you know, you have to make up your mind whether or not you're all in or all out. And you can't live somewhere in between. Some of you are trying to make up your mind if you're all in for God or all out for God, but you're just waiting on God to do something so you have an excuse to be all out. I'll never forget one day in my life, my wife and I were here at the church, and we were very gifted in the first few years of our marriage. This, this is, I mean, I'm not being facetious. I want you to understand. We were very gifted in the art of arguing. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? That first year was, okay, thank you. We were good at arguing good at it. And for some reason, we were here at God's house, and I'm sure it was all my fault. <laughs> She's not here to say amen right in this service. She was in the last one. I'm sure it's all my fault. But I started an argument. And we made it from right here on this property to that corner of War Hill and 53, right up there. And she made a statement. She said, let's get a divorce then. For the first five years of my marriage, every time we had a good fight, I mean, sometimes I just enjoyed them. But when we came to the close of those fights, she would just say, let's divorce then. I'll never forget that day because I whipped that little Honda Accord we had. I whipped it in behind what's now the tire shop. It used to be a, a gas station. There was a pizza place there. And I whipped it in between and parking one of their parking spaces. And I can only imagine what the people inside were doing. And I look at her and I say, enough! She's like, what? We're already fighting. I said, every time we fight, you give me that option of let's get out of this. I said, I need you to make up your mind right here, right now, right here in this parking spot. Are you in or are you out? Because if you ever ask for a divorce again, I'm giving it to you. Inside, I'm praying, please don't, please don't, please don't. But I'm like, I'm done. I'm through. Yes or no. I'm going to tell you, from that moment on, she said, I'll never ask for one again. Now, if she were here, she would shake her head yes and say, she's thought about it on many occasions. <laughs> but it came down to it. We were done. We're going to be in this thing or we're not. And I don't know who you are, but somebody here, maybe somebody watching, somebody listening, somebody needs to get what I'm about to tell you. It's time for you to make up your mind for God. I'm either all in or I'm all out. I'm not going to be in between. I'm not going to be mad at God one year and not mad at God the next year. I'm not going to follow God with passion one day and not follow Him with passion. Yes, you're going to go through bad times, and we're going to get there in a moment in this Scripture, but, but guess what? There comes a time you realize even when you don't feel good enough, you're still not going to back down on God. Because you're never going to be good enough. Because that's what we find in the next part of the story. So we have this all-in woman, this all-out guy, and then we have these people that are trying to figure out who they are because Jesus, this all-in king, he says to them this. He says, go 
into this town that the festival had started, Scripture says, and go into the city and there'll be a certain man and, 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 and you're going to tell him uh, that the teacher uh, has an appointment with him and, and, and he's going to let you use the upper room to celebrate the Passover at his house. And so the disciples, and uh, they did exactly that. And, and, and they're going through this and we're going to end up in verse 21 because they get sitting down and the meal's going on. And as the meal begins to go on, Jesus always has to deal with what's really going on in the room. And so while they were eating, he said, listen to this, isn't this, this just really good, you know, something to talk about? While they're eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Stop there, stop there. One of you is going to betray me. What kind of comment is that? They're having Passover with Jesus. Jesus says, yeah, one of you is about to betray me. Do you know what the most logical thing would have been to have said right there? The most logical thing to have said right there would have been to say, oh, it's probably you. Probably that guy right over there. I know, I've been watching him. He's, he's got beady eyes. But nobody said that. Why? They said, Lord, it's not me, is it? Is it I? Why would they say that? Why would they say, God says, you're going to betray me, and you go, well, Lord, are you talking about me? Do you know why? What we saw here was an all-in worshiper. We saw an all-out disciple. And now we have some people who realize they're here, but they're still struggling. They're in the game. They're at the table. There I say they're at church. But they still have weaknesses. They still have struggles. Do you know what that's doing right there? It's focusing on yourself. And remember, I told you the language of all in doesn't focus on how bad you are. It focuses on how good he is. And as you begin to focus on him, you begin to understand that what Jesus is saying here, he's not showing them condemnation. He's not even beating up on Judas because they're all sitting there going, who could it be? Who could it be? And he says, well, they're sitting here with me. They've drank with me. They've, they've, they've dipped in the cup with me. They, they, and, and then Judas knows it's him. But they all know it could be them because they know they're not perfect. And Jesus' response blows my mind. Jesus said, I get it, guys. Listen to me. Here's my body, which is broken for you. In other words, you're weak, so I'm going to give you something that will help you be strong. And then he says, this is this cup of my blood. So in other words, when you're weak, I'll be strong. And when you do fall, my blood will wash you clean. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, get your focus not on your failure, but get your focus on what Jesus has already done. I hope somebody's getting what I'm trying to tell you today. Get your minds off of whether or not you're going to fall. Get your minds off whether or not you're where you, you have fallen in the past. And get your minds on the fact that Jesus Christ never failed. He never, he never let you down. And when you are weak, he gets that you're weak, but he's there to help you be strong. Amen. God's good. Listen to me. The Word here has given me hope that even though I want to be all in and I'm struggling, Jesus sees that. And He's there to help me. I wish that they had got it from that moment, but there's too many of them just like us. Because then the Bible says that after dinner they had sung a hymn. 
Can I encourage you when you go to lunch today as a family, no matter what restaurant you're in, when you finish, just, just sing a song as loud as you can. Just kidding. No, I'm not. Have fun with it. Just blow their minds, all the people around you. But guess what? Here's what I see. In this story, Jesus shows up and he says, now let's go pray. Jesus walks into the garden and he puts some of them here and he takes John and James and Peter and he takes them a little further and he sits them here and he says, now guys, pray with me. And he goes a little further and he prays this prayer. He says, Lord, here I am. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Then he gets up. And he goes back and he finds his disciples praying. No, sleeping. Sleeping. Now we can beat them up all we want, but the the thing is this, they were at least there. They were trying. And Jesus says, guys, come on. Time's almost up. Come on, guys. Get with program and he goes away and he comes back and finally ends up saying guys the time is now you're at the place where i've given you everything you need i've given you some examples all in worship i've uh, you're going to see some people that are going to bail but listen to me i know you're weak i know you've got struggles i know you've got problems i know you're not perfect but i'm going to help you through all of this i'm going to help you win and you may grow weary but stay in the battle Keep fighting. Things change. Places change. Faces change. But God remains the same. Let me give you this and we'll close today. I found there's two kinds of decisions that you're going to have to make in your life. One of those are called decisions of destiny. Now you don't make a ton of those decisions in your life. But they're really important. Decisions of destiny can be as simple as what kind of career you pursue. Decisions of destiny can be as major as who you're going to marry, how many children you're going to have. And when you make those decisions of destiny, you actually only make a few of those, and then you spend the rest of your life kind of shepherding those decisions, taking care of them. And the, and the way that you're going to shepherd them is by the second kind of decision. It's a daily decision. That every day you make up your mind to shepherd those decisions. Every day you make up your mind, I'm going to still love this woman. I'm going to still love this man. I'm going to still be this person. Every day. Pastor Don, it can't be that, that, that. Yes, it's every day. Make up your mind. See, Paul said it this way. He said, about Christ, I have to do this every single day. I have to destroy or mortify or kill, that's what the Scripture says, what I want to do so I can become like Jesus every single day. And I tell you that already, all in is an everyday decision. See, because some of you come here today and you feel like one of those people in that story. Some of you are like, I'm an all-out worshiper. Praise God. Some of you feel more like Judas because you've reached your limit too many times. Look, there is therefore now no condemnation. Who am I to point fingers at you? My weaknesses are many. 
I told you this series has messed up my world. But this I know, that for you and I, for all of us, Jesus said, here's my body. Here's my blood. Here's the thing that will sustain you. Remember what I've done, and it will help you do what you need to do. And when you get your minds on Jesus, everything, let's say it again, everything changes for your good. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.